Hey! You are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our Rampy Isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is, this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination, combination of those two vitamins, D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month's supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it. It helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last, but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dijitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dijitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10. One zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you. Watch the technique. Drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y-1-0. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, GrumpyGuyBJJ.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping Isos program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to Dijitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around, check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And... Here we go. Here we go. Once again. <clears throat> Back at the Wilson compound. Just you and I. That's right. And Aka. And Aka. The original podcast mutt. Back to the OG. Yeah. yeah. So that was old handsome Frank doing. Doing good, man. He had to I'm getting him set up with different dog daycares around town. Yeah. Well, and they're different. It's kind of cool. It's uh, they're different styles. Like so the one right over by the gym is uh a little more loose, I guess, is a way to explain it. It's, it's not quite as structured, and they'll have a huge pack of dogs. You know, they slowly introduce them, but, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. but it, the whole thing all day is just socializing. Just yep. a pack of 10, 15 dogs, mm-hmm. and they got several humans there, you know, controlling the whole situation or attempting to control it. Yeah. So that's that vibe. Well, then the one he's going to today, to because they got to do like evaluations yeah. the first time around. Yesterday, he had to do the eval there. Today, they're going. he's going to this other one. This one's like twice the price. But it's way more hands-on and structured. Like they only have like four to six dogs per human, and they selectively pick the pack that they put your dog into, so everybody gets along real good. And they don't let them like because dogs don't know how to regulate. They just go, 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 go yeah. until they're 
fucking until they die. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, they don't let him do this at this place. Like they they put him together, let him play, hang out, burn some energy. Then they separate him, go to kennel times, do some walks. Then they bring him back, let him play. It's definitely way more hands on. Yeah. Way more catered to you know specific dogs and stuff. So, huh. but like I said, that one's the one over by the gyms, like. 12 or 17 a day the one that one over there that i'm going to today is like 30 a day Ooh, yeah so it's different it's two yeah. different two different yeah. things huh. you know so see which one frank likes better um i'm sure he won't care no he doesn't <laughs> seem like he does it's it's more just to keep him entertained i mean it's not gonna be an everyday thing when i go to work yeah but the days that i'm gonna have long days i can take him drop him off or if i'm gonna go skiing or something that day gonna be gone i can yeah. drop him off that's so that, that and I go on different ends of town, kind of one by the gym, one by my house. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, whatever I got going on that day, if he needs to burn some energy, go drop him off, let him burn some energy, yeah. and keep him socialized too. That's yeah, the, that's the big thing, dude. Is like learning how to be and learning how to be a dog. Yeah, I kind of failed my last dog a little bit in the social. I mean, they were kind of assholes a little bit, so right. it made me hesitant to put a ton of effort into socializing them. Right. And it just, as years go by, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And so this one, I'm like, all right, I'm not failing in this fucking category. (laughs) (laughs) I'm failing some other categories. I'm not failing in this one. Yeah. So. No, that's good. I mean, you're a good dog owner, so you think about that shit. I mean, just overall too, man, like dogs are like pack animals, like social creatures. So they really don't like being left alone for long periods of time all the time. So, you know, unfortunately, if you got people to do that shit all the time, man, we got like, you know, a couple people in this neighborhood, like you can tell their dogs don't go anywhere and they'll just be left home and they'll be out fucking barking because they're like going crazy, Yep. you know, and it's like you get mad at the dog, but it's not the dog's fault on some level. It's like, dude, if you put yourself in that dog's shoes and see if you don't start fucking howling at the moon or going crazy, like never getting to leave that same spot. You know, never getting attention, never getting exercise, never getting the, the stimulation that you need. And, like, you're a fucking animal that's designed to hunt and run and you explore, know, explore and, and do all this stuff and, like, socialize and be part of a pack. It's like, that's got to be, like, mental uh, torture. Like, yeah. if you did that to a human being, they would come take them away. They'd be yeah. like, no, you can't do that. But Yeah, well, <clears throat> well uh, look at... Uh like in prison when they stick people in the hole. Right. For, you know, that's, that's the worst thing brutal. you can do. It's one of the worst things you can do yeah. to, you know, a social creature is isolate them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways. So, but th- that leads me to, well, <laughs> I've already thought about this. Uh-oh. I mean, Frank's young. You know, he's a little a year, a little over a year. Yeah. We don't really know. So, he needs a little more time spent with him, you know, because once he gets a little bit older, it's a little bit easier. But then you're like, well, once I get him all sorted out, maybe if he had a buddy. Right, I know. The buddy system. The buddy system. That seems to help. It does. Providing they get along and stuff. You know, yeah. There's, there's a lot of caveats there, but... Yeah. Yeah, we had two dogs there for a while. Well, actually, well, we had Mojo and Shadow. Then we had the infamous Joby, the pig hunting dog that we had to get yeah. rid of. And uh, and then, yeah, Mojo... It's funny, Mojo, uh, he was my original trail mutt. He, was, he wasn't, like, too big, man. He's kind of like a smaller dog. And so as he got older, like the heart was willing, but he just, when he's young, man, he just the energy can make right. up for the fact that his legs are like, you know, four inches long or whatever. Six, and so it, uh, but yeah, one day I was, what was I? I was at a fucking seminar and no one was home and like a crazy, like one of those like monsoon thunderstorms rolled through 
and he was one of those dogs that just didn't dig it. Did not like. Yeah, he would just start shaking and freaking out. Like you could tell thunder was coming before he could even hear it. He would hear it and just be like freaking out. And so yeah, apparently the dude just like pushed his way out the bottom. We had a wooden gate. And he pushed his way out that bottom part and just trying to like run away, he lost his mind and fucking ran away. Never got him back? No, no, never got him back. He was, was, was that here in Junction? Yeah, it was in Fruita. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like I said, I was, I was gone. Kelly had to call and tell me, like, your dog's gone. We came home from, you know, town and only Shadow's here. Aww. And uh, yeah, it was a bummer. You know, but I mean, I will sound one. He was getting older for sure. I mean, it was it was towards the end of his. You know, not like real. You know, he wasn't like I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but he was definitely on the back end, right? It wasn't like a puppy or something like that. Like he'd had a good life, and you definitely tell things were slowing down for him. But uh, you know, dude, it's tough watching a dog die. So I'm, you know, part of me was like bummed that that happened for sure, but. Man, I gotta be honest. There's a part of me that's like, man, I'm glad I didn't have to watch him part die. The, yeah, I, it's brutal, dude. Brutal. Make the decision to put him down yeah. or like watch him die. Like we, I watched Shadow. Like Shadow died in our house, and that was fucking dude, hard, it's man. Rough. Rough. The past three dogs I've had to have <clears throat> that have died, I've had to make the choice to put them down. Yeah. All three of them, and dude, that is, it's a terrible decision. And yeah. You're right there when it's going down. Like, yeah, ugh. it's tough, man. It's, fucking, it's no bueno, man. No. Yeah. And you tell yourself, you know, I, I never said, like, oh, I'm not ever having a dog again because I love dogs. So I know that's not an option. Yeah. But you know when you get one, like, oh, fuck. You get attached to the thing. Yeah. And you, you know that day's coming. It's a little bit of a shadow over the whole experience. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie. It is. Well, you know, that I think it, because I think about that a lot. You know, it's, it makes you appreciate it because you know yeah. it's finite. Your yes. lives are short, man. Yeah. You know, you get 10 good years out of them roughly. Some yeah. more, some less. Yep. You know, 10 to 15. You know, it's. So you know what's coming. Yeah. yeah so you just got to enjoy it, make the best of it while you can. Yep. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, it's definitely, I've been cognizant of that with Aka there. I mean, that's one yeah. of the reasons I try to get him out, like, all the time. You yeah. know, it's like, I, he's a fucking kick-ass trail mutt. Got to make sure he I, was, I think that's what he was put on this earth to do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> that he, is his sole purpose. Yeah, he, he, he found his, his purpose. His yeah. purpose and his passion aligned. So yeah. he's a happy dog. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been... You know, like, fuck, man, do I really want to go out today and get them out? And it's like knowing, like, dude, you have a finite number of days to have fun with this dog and get out and, and enjoy them. And it's like, so that definitely motivated me to get out more. I mean, my joke is, like, he gets me out more than I get him out. And, you know, it's like he's the one who's motivated to go and always like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's like, all right, dude, all right. So thanks for taking me with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... It's, uh, dogs are, it's interesting. I, I think about it too, man. How wild is it? Like we, we let an animal live in our house. Yeah. When you, when you think about it like that, it's yeah. a pretty bizarre thing. It's a fucking wild animal yep. on, you know, domesticated wild animal that we just like live in our house with us. Yep. Yeah. It's, it is an interesting thing, but, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Nope. It's fucking awesome. It's a cool thing. Yeah. They're good. Uh, good companions. Good companions, man. Yeah. And that's the thing too, like I, I know it's like uh, semantics, but um, I think there's a difference between having a partner and having a pet, you know? And it's like, I like, I want a partner and mm -hmm. it's like, I want a dog that's like, and I, like I, I see that, like you, you had that with soul, you got that right. with, with, Frank. you know, Frank going like, you know, that's your partner. 
like you guys get each other, like you, you care about them and, and they can sense that and you guys get this like unspoken connection going that is there and you know, versus people that just have a pet, right? Like this is just, oh, this is my pet. And it's like, you can tell, like they don't, they're not connected. It's not the same thing. They don't want a partner. They just want a pet. They just want a subordinate little thing that they can, you know, pet if they feel like it, but like they're not actively thinking about you know, their life and like, how do I, you, you know what I mean? I, it's, it's always a different thing. <laughs> it is. And, and I, th- I tend to think that I'm a little bit of a nut job when it comes to dogs. So I've, dude, I've always loved dogs. I always have, always will. But you meet other people that are just as nuts about it. So for a perfect example of that is, uh, I had a bug guy come out to my house yesterday, spray and kill cockroaches yeah. and shit. <clears throat> and me and him just got talking about dogs or whatever. He saw Frank and of course he's petting them. This dude is as much of a nut job about dogs as I am to the extent, because we got, we got talking about putting dogs down because, you know, Frank was a new dog, yada, yada. And he just recently had to put one of his dogs down, um, one of his hunting dogs. I guess he was, he's, he's a hunter and he had like a bird dog that he spent yeah. a ton of time with. Well, he's, he has taken some of the dog's ashes and put him into tattoo ink and gotten a tattoo on his body with his dog's ashes that's, in it. Dude, that's weird. I've heard of that before. I've never heard of that. I was like, yeah. That's like, maybe not the dog. I don't know if it was a dog. Like, I've heard about people taking ashes and mixing it in a tattoo ink and it being like a tribute or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the dog, that's pretty hardcore. That's pretty hardcore. It's like, damn, dude. It's like, there's levels to this Levels shit. to everything, <laughs> man. Yeah. It's like, you have taken that to the next level. Yeah. Not good for you. I know, but that's, man, you know, like, hunting is a perfect example. Yep. Like, man, you form a partnership. Like, that's not just a pet. Like, that thing is, like, uh, like you guys are an extension of each other. Yeah, they, you know, it's a, yeah. It yeah. Is, it's a system you have in place with your dog. Yeah, that's how I feel with Aka, like, trail riding with yep. mountain biking. Like, we're, you know, like, we, he does not get, it's just, we have an intricate little thing going. And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's cool when you connect with a dog that way. Like, I think that... I've always thought like mountain biking was such a really unique way to connect with a dog because like it allows you to kind of be a dog, you know what I mean? Because you like, can keep up with them. Yes. The speed. You're Yes, exactly. Like you're out walking or running, like dude, you're nothing. Like the dogs are like, what the fuck are you doing? But like on a bike, you can actually match the speed of a dog. Mm-hmm. And so you are traversing across the terrain much the same way a dog does. I mean, I never thought about that. And so, yeah. dude, there's times when I'm like, you know, I'm fucking jamming and, and he's fucking running next to me. I'm like, dude, this has got to be what it feels like to be in a pack. Yeah. You know, you're just fucking going and you're like, you know, everybody, dogs around you and shit. That's pretty and, cool. I never thought about that. that yeah. Yeah, because you can match their speed. Yeah. If not, go faster. Go faster. or Yeah, but you, it, it makes you more like them. More like them. Yeah, right? you're, 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 <clears throat> you're traversing the, the landscape more like a dog than a human when you're on a mountain bike and it's like yeah it's a pretty cool way to connect with a dog like you like i said i think i've always felt like it's a little bit more of a dog-like experience uh just out hiking yeah 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 i mean that's all great but yeah i mean what you're you're like that's them like that you're connecting with them on their level and their or like what they would naturally want to do rather than like you know i'm gonna go do this and i'm gonna bring you with me it's Almost like, nah, dude, we're... The pack's running together. The pack's together. running together, brother. Let's yeah. get it on. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's why he gets so fucking pumped. Like, yeah. he loves that shit. It's just, and it just feeds right into it. He's like, man, this is my pack, and we're running, and we're, you know, I don't know what we're running for, but we're running. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care, man. He's ranging, looking for shit, and, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, but yeah, you could see him just be a fucking dog. Him, yeah, be a dog. Cover so much territory. Again, like, dude, you're hiking or trail running, you know, it's great, unless you're going out for, like, you know, super long-ass runs or whatever, but for most people... Dude, you're not even scratching the surface of what a dog could do in an hour. You go out for an hour or jog or hike or whatever, but man, you go out for an hour ride, hour and a half ride, like, yeah, a dog is, he's going to come back tired. Yep. <clears throat> tired. That, that's what they would normally do in an hour and a half of activity instead of being held back by your slow ass. Two, so, two-legged slow ass. Humans suck, dude. <laughs> like, that pretty much figured that out. Like, that is, you know, Aka's conclusion is we suck. Yeah. We're slow as shit. Inferior. Yeah, we take forever to get ready, right? Because if, if I am riding my bike, it's like we get there, I got to get my bike off, and I got to put my helmet on, I got to <laughs> get my shit on, and he's like, what the fuck, man? Come on. This sucks. And so, but uh, once we get going... Then we're all good. But yeah, humans suck, man. We're slow. We take forever to do shit. So but I'm they, glad dogs let us hang out with them. Yeah, but we feed them. <laughs> we feed them so they tolerate it. We yeah. give them food and water. So they're like, all right. That's right. These humans are stupid. But but I don't have to hunt for food. Yeah, they're fun to hang out with sometimes. And they give me. And yeah. yeah, they rub my belly and they give me food. That's right. That's yeah. right, man. It's good. Anyways. So. That's our dog update. Dog Speaking of that, hopefully yeah. the recording goes good today. Because fucking old Frank... Decided to pull the Blue Yeti off my table Ooh. one day last week. Okay. Chewed the cable, so I had to get a new cable. Okay. And as you see, there's some teeth marks Ooh. in that adapter. That's a good one. <laughs> so he sampled the uh, the flavor of that adapter. That's a good one, man. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. But, uh, Dude, puppies are funny. Yeah. He's not uh, super destructive. No. Like he, he, he explores things. And if it doesn't taste real good, he's done with it. He's yeah. more—he's more looking for treats, and yeah. food, and shit. He's every once in a while, someone's just like be in his face, and he's yeah. got to like, yeah. Aka, man, when he was a puppy, he chewed. It was like like a windowsill, but it had a little like you know like a one inch out ledge, yep. it was just like a wooden little thing, and it was just like perfect head height. And he would he would hang out there and look out through that window, looking in the front yard. And then we came home one day, and I guess he decided while he was looking out, he was just going, like, <laughs> just started gnawing on, on that thing, he fucking chewed it up. It was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, there were two or three things where it's just like, what are you doing? But yeah, he wasn't like destructive. It's not his nature. It was just every once in a while, like, instinct and opportunity yeah. just met. That's, dude, my house, like, my house is pretty stripped down as it is. Yeah. Dude, it's getting more and more, like, in my living room is pretty fucking bare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I told you and Kelly that he ripped the coat rack off the wall. That's right. Because I had a leash hanging. Yeah. And sometimes when we're walking, he likes to like, he tries to play tug with the leash. He's just, you know, being a dog. Well, I had the coat rack there by the front door and I used to hung his leash on that. Well, one day I got home from work and the leash was over by his bed and the coat rack was ripped off the wall. <laughs> oh so he God. decided to play tug by himself and he won. He won. Coat rack lost. Yeah. So no more coat rack in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah every anything and everything that i think he can get is put away in other rooms like all my cupboards are very clean and organized yeah. nothing on the tables nothing on yep yeah. like it's all really stripped down nice everything's put away it's <coughs> good yeah I, I had my jiu-jitsu belts hanging like because i got my yeah. black belt plaque on the wall and i had my belts hanging by that you've seen it yep 
I was like, man, I could see him trying to play tug with those. Those had to get taken down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Until he, uh, yeah, it's funny, man, that puppy instinct. Yeah. They just see shit and. I'm like, oh, what's this gonna? What's gonna happen if I do this? What's this? Yeah, the yeah. yeah, exploration. And then they get old and figure shit out eventually. So that's funny, man. Old Frank keeping you on your toes. Yeah, that's an understatement. Damn near like a kid, except they don't talk back. Yes, that is the one thing. Yep, I know. I've had to start working with Z on not talking. He doesn't talk back, but he will huff and puff. You tell him to do something, and he goes like. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, it's gotta stop. It's gotta stop. So we got a timeout last night. Uh, he like yeah. Because of that, because yeah. of the sign. Yes. Dude it was funny, man. Like <laughs> he did it and I like I wasn't gonna grab him, you know what I mean? Like I never really like had the thought like I was gonna Homer Simpson his ass and, and fucking grab him around the neck. Ah, you know, but you walk. there's a, you know there's a flash though where you can see where Homer's coming from. Yeah. You know, Bart can definitely fucking spark something in you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I was just like because we had just talked about it that morning. It's like you have to stop and and he and he did it again. It's like he likes to sit in the chair and he has like one leg off, like his foot's still on the floor and he's just kind of got like you know one leg and and so it's kind of half sitting in the chair, like he's getting ready to run away. I don't know. And then he's sitting there and he's trying to eat. And of course, it's not working. And so, I was like, Z, it's like Groundhog's Day, right? It's like, you know how to fucking do this, man. We <laughs> talked about this yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. You know how to sit in a chair and eat, man. Oh, man. And I'm like, dude, come on. You know how to sit in the chair, eat. And he's just like, as he's doing it, I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> no, stop it, go to your room, get a timeout, so. It's funny, you know, I'm sure I did that as a kid, I don't remember it, but for some reason in my memory, etched in my memory, is my sister getting in trouble for the eye rolls. The eye rolls? The eye rolls, my, yeah. I remember that, putting my dad into Homer Simpson mode, wanting to strangle her. I don't know why that's etched in my memory, but I remember that's that. It's funny. Yeah. Well, you know what, like... I don't know how to put it. Like, I'm one, you're, okay, it's your kid, so you know it's not that. But, like, that triggers the same thing. It, that's the fuck you. Yeah. You know I mean, if, that's if, what if it anyone is. else did that to you, what they're basically saying is fuck you. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. Yeah. The, I, yeah. All It's like, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? yeah, if you and I were talking and I did that to you, you'd be like, what, what the fuck, what the man? Fuck, dude? Like, fuck you. You'd be like, you don't like what I'm saying, tell me. But yeah. Just, just to be like, Psh. Right, right, or at least like I wouldn't hang out, like for four, yeah, we would have, yeah, exactly, dude, it would not work. It would not work. And so, but you've got these humans who live in your house and they, you know, they don't see it that way and they don't understand how it comes across, but it comes across that way. And so you're constantly checking yourself, like you're constantly have someone basically saying, fuck you. And you're just like, you know, there is definitely an instinct, uh... You know, to having someone disrespect you like that. And so you're just like, ah, okay, <laughs> pull it back. I know you're not saying that, but you got to stop. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it is. Like, that's why you, the Homer Simpson mode gets triggered. Because it is. It's like, dude, if somebody said, fuck you, you'd be like, what's up, man? Is it time to fight? Like, you want to fight? Like, what are you saying really here? Like, where, where are we going with this conversation? 
like as soon as things get hostile like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it is because it is a, like a hostile little act well in my mind it's like well where is this going right let's just get to the end are we fighting <laughs> you know what i mean because if someone says fuck you right you got to figure What's out real quick step? like what are you saying here like do you want to fight or are you just you know flapping your jaws because you know let's figure this out like well, i'm not going to sit here and say fuck you too and then oh fuck you and it's like no let's get to the end of this dance where are we going man and if we're not dancing, then shut the fuck up. You know, like, I just, that, in my <laughs> mind, I just feel it. That's why I don't do it to people. Because if I say fuck you to someone, like, I'm prepared to fucking fight. Right. And I'm not really prepared to fight a whole lot. Like, pretty much ever. So I don't say fuck you to people. You know what I mean? And so, it's, so, but you instinctively, if someone gets aggressive with you like that, your instinct is like, hey, what's going on here? Like, where are we going? Like, are you just talking or you know you want to fight like what are we doing here and so yeah but you know when you got your kids fucking triggering that that little instinctive alarm because with everyone else you have to have it because you do need to have be able to tell like dude this person's getting hostile maybe i need to get away from this situation or or redirect it like your ability to pick that up is important but when you got little fucking humans just doing it to you all the time, you're it's just a different like, thing. You gotta you gotta handle it differently. Yeah, it definitely forces you to. But that's why it gets so hard sometimes, man. You just want to lose your shit because you, you just or you're like, dude, stop telling me fuck you. I you stop, man. But that's what kids do. They just don't get it, man. I know I did it, and we all did it. we all did it. I mean, you don't you don't get it. No, it's not until you're an adult, right? Because. It's a, I mean, it's a different relationship you have with your parents. You don't see them as another person, like yeah. you do, like you do kids at school. It's an, it's an authority figure. Oh, it's hilarious. Would you do it's, that at school? No. Well, why are you doing it here? It's, but it's a different thing. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's hard to come to terms with. That's funny. I remember my parents telling me that, and I have said that to, I know I just said that to Z the other day. He was doing something. I'm like, man, is this what you do at school? Is this how you act when Miss Martinez asks you to do something? No. Why are you doing it to me, man? And I'm like hearing my parents, yep. you know, coming out of me as I'm saying it. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, they say it's pretty common for, you know, kids to behave a lot better at, you know, uh, in a, another oh, adult's sure. house. As opposed to being at their own house with their for own sure. parents. For sure. That's why kids, they got to get their own, you know, their own influences with stuff, for sure. Yeah, because the parents are just too close to the situation. Yeah. Like, that's just mom and dad. Like, yeah. they don't understand. They're... Dumb. Dumb. Exactly. <laughs> if I was in charge of this house, things would be much better. We'd have all the Pokemon cards. Everything. Snacks. Candy all the time. Yeah, I don't man. have to do chores. Chores. That's what parents are for, I thought. I thought they are here. Built in maids. Yeah, make money and do chores for us. And that's kind of what you are here for. <laughs> uh, Speaking of adults, what do you, what's, what's planned for the adult time tonight? You and Kelly are getting some adult time tonight, huh? Kids are getting yeah, gone. That's right. That's right. You yeah. Big plans. Big romantic evening. No. No. I was joking with her. I was like, "We're gonna be in bed by nine. <laughs> this is starting to getting old. Which may not be too far from the truth. Yeah, you know, getting old or just like having a like just being active, man. Like I have a purpose with my life. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a kid. My purpose is trying to fucking party. Like so, you know, it's different. It's uh. Cause yeah, it's like I, it, it's more like I got shit to do, and so I'm doing it, and then like you get tired from doing that, yep. and then you got to sleep. It's just a natural thing. 
So, but yeah, when you're a kid and you're like, dude, I got to go out tonight. So I'm going to sleep in till noon and go out and fucking party. And it's a different priority system. It is a different priority system. I was thinking about that because that, <clears throat> that's what happens a lot of times to me on the weekends. You know, come Friday night, Saturday night. Like, oh man, I got a lot of stuff I want to do tomorrow. So it's, yeah, I'm going to get to bed early tonight. And I'm pumped. Yeah. I can be in bed by 9, 9.30 or something, you know. I, I, I think I was in bed by like 9.30 last night. Because I knew I was going to be up getting an early start today. And I was like, man, if I stay up, it just, what am I going to, first of all, okay, what am I going to stay up for? No. And I balance it. I weigh it out. Is it worth the cost? Nope. I couldn't think of anything worth the cost. I'm going to bed. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, no, that's the thing, man. I do that too. I'm sitting there and it's, uh, I don't know, by Kiela and Shiloh on the weekends sometimes will give me shit because like, I'm just like, man, I want to go to bed because one, I'm tired from the shit I did today and two, I got a bunch of shit going on tomorrow that I want to do and so if I stay up and I watch this movie and I don't get to bed till like midnight or later, like that's not helping. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's not helping recover from it. So it's like, you know, my higher purpose, you know, that just, it just doesn't help, you know, those priorities, you know, like I want to be present when I'm with them. I don't want to be tired. I want to be able to focus and have fun with the, the things that I'm doing. And so. Morning, Z. I'm here. What's up, Z? Speaking of focusing and having fun. The Pokemon update? The Pokemon update. Yes. Hey, everybody. Yes. We are recording. Okay. <clears throat> so. I got a stack of Pokemon cards from uh, Al. He's someone at the gym, and uh, I'm bringing in my favorite one. Its name is Primarina. It does 30 and 100 damage. Nice. Mm-hmm. Its attacks are Dismering Voice and Sparkling Era. Aria. Aria. Yeah, it's just like a song. It sings... And attacks with 100 hit points. And um, it's the last stage of all the Pokemon. Well, not like all the ones in the whole game. Okay. That's, That's awesome. It's awesome, man. Did and you know that we get requests for your Pokemon updates? We have some listeners that are upset yeah. when they do not hear the Pokemon update. Yeah. Chris at the gym. That's right. Gets upset. He's a Pokemon fan. He gets upset when you don't do the Pokemon updates, just so you know, Z. Oh. So you have some fans out there, buddy. Or at least one. And we, uh, hey, we don't have very many either. We don't, so. That's right. Oh. We're your fan. We're here. Uh, and <laughs> so. it's also a rare Pokemon. Yeah. Cool. Oh, did you, did you tell, uh, what'd you get? You got a speaking part in. Uh, yeah, I got a, a speaking part in. My uh, performance um, at school. Do you nice. know what it is? It's uh, more rapid than eagles whose courses they came. He, they, he whistled and shouted and called them by name. That's your line? Yep. That's awesome, dude. You've been <laughs> practicing, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. We were yep. playing around yesterday. Somehow it became a incantation that we were using, so both of us were saying it. I was like... I got it stuck in my head too. We were wrestling and he had the paper and he's like, it's a magic spell or something. And so when he said it, something would happen. So no, two times, two I times would, he'd I get would, all slippery. So I couldn't hold on to him. Or three times I would fly. Yep. So yeah, we're saying this thing three times in a row, real fast. So dude, can you say it again? I want to see if I can remember it. 
More rapid than eagles his coursers they came. He whistled and shouted and called them by name. That's good, dude. Yeah. You got it memorized good. <laughs> only, <laughs> only six people got it. Really? I was the last people. I was the last person that got it. When do you, part. When is uh? When is your play? When do you get to do it? I don't. Re- I don't remember. No. Mm-mm. I don't know either. It's on my calendar. So Thursday. Thursday. Well, that's this exciting, Thursday? man. Nice. That'll be exciting. You'll do super good. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, we appreciate the Pokemon update. You're welcome. All right. I guess we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled podcasting. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> and I have a stuff Pikachu and he's waving bye. Pika, Pika. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Thank buddy. you, Z. Okay, bye. See ya. See ya. <laughs> That's funny. What's yeah. the play that he's in? Do you know? I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not a play. It's just like, uh, you know, where they line all the kids up on the stage and they sing different songs. Gotcha. Or do, do so, yeah. Poems I, or something? I could be wrong, but yeah, I think it's just like music. It's, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool. One of those things you do as a parent to go hang out and support them. So yep. it'll be cute. Yep. <laughs> see all the kids up there doing their thing. Yeah. Getting all nervous, being in front of people. Yeah. Z doesn't really do that, man. <clears throat> no, he's pretty confident. Little he's kid. fucking a little bit of a freak that way. <laughs> he trips me out, man. He always trips adults out. Like I see it all the time just with like how he'll just come up to you and start talking. And he, and he talks about stuff that's not necessarily like he uses words and has concepts that you don't really expect from a first grader and uh he's very confident and um yeah it's uh it's funny then you realize like this isn't like most kids no most kids are either intimidated by adults or aren't super articulate uh necessarily and um yeah he's an interesting kid I'll be interested to see where he goes. For it sure. is going to be interesting. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. little, little afraid for you. A little afraid. A little yeah. afraid, but excited nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. We it's, went to uh, Shiloh's concert. She had a freaking concert. We went to speaking of performances. As funny as they get older, the performances get like, like the concert. She couldn't leave after her performance. Like you have to be there the whole time, and. Uh, it's like, dude, she's 14. So you know that means her parents have to be here the whole time too, right? So you're basically forcing adults to have to stay here. And, you know, and it, it was at the Avalon Theater too in, in Junction. So it's not like it was here in Fruita and we could just be like, look. Walk home with you, Yeah, yeah. Or like, we'll, we'll be back to pick you up. And uh, it was... Uh, yeah, it's funny. You realize at some point, some of these things become more about, you know, there's a small handful of adults who really care about this. And it's just really more about them imposing their power uh, as much as they can over this, you know, so like, you're going to be here the whole time. It's like, dude, no one cares, right? You're the only dude who cares. Like, and so why are you forcing everyone else to suffer? Because you're the only one who cares. Like, what are we doing here? Like... Dude, that's a, it's so funny, like, with school and just, like, work, right? Like, work. You general. see a lot, a lot of things like that. Yeah. That they put these little things in place, like, uh, almost, you know, like, ways to control you. Yes. Man- manipulate. Yes. And you see clearly, like, oh, that's why this is structured like this. Yeah. Is to clearly manipulate the outcome they want. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's really interesting. And again, it's like these little these people, they have a little bit of power and they have this opportunity to exercise it and it's like it's like why? Why you know, yeah. There's no other reason than this. So it's always annoyed me with uh the adult world. It's like the reason like when you have your birthday and they're like, Well we gotta do all this other shit before you get to open your presents and it's like what the fuck are we doing? No. No, no, no. Let's open presents. We're here for presents. Let's open presents. <laughs> just cut to the chase. Yeah, this is stupid. Presents and <clears throat> cake. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Do them at the same time. Exactly. And right, right at the same time. Let the people eat the cake while you're opening presents. Yeah. My kids love then, me, man. I'm always advocating for them, you know, because the, you know, the, the adults will just, everybody else will just kind of want to start running like, oh, we're here together and we got to do this and that. And it's like, no, you know, let's open presents. That's why we're here. Like, I want to see, kids want to see, they want to eat some cake, like... Why are we doing this? <laughs> like this is this is what it, it's funny when you think about it. It's like why do you you know why don't you do that? And it was like well, as a kid, the adults had some power, and this they would exercise. There's no fucking reason to not just get into the fun stuff right off the bat with this, right? It's like oh we got to do this, we got to do that, and it's like no, you know what I want to do, and you're just you have control, and you know that you can exercise some control over this fucking situation <laughs> and that's what you're doing and we're all just doing the little dance to get to what we want to do in the fucking first place and I don't know it's funny like I just I I look back on childhood in like high school and stuff and it just I, I realized like how much of like that's what was going on and then but you don't realize it and so like you grow up and you do it you just fall right into you just fall right into it you don't even realize like why am I doing this and it's like yeah and and then we just get caught in these fucking systems and it's like what what we're wasting so much time and energy and effort and it, this is retarded but yeah people just it's the system so but not in my house we will fucking open presents first let's get after it Wilson's in general don't like being controlled no. That comes from you down. <laughs> from the top down. <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah, I always get a little wary of that. I, I, you know what's funny is I feel that influence uh, on me <laughs> the more and more we hang out. <laughs> a perfect example of that is uh, at work on Thursday, man. I got back to the yard, was doing my shit, and there's this one a fellow employee of mine. That's all he is, is a fellow employee. He's not a supervisor in any way, shape, or form. He approached me and was like, Kind of almost like bullying me into doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at him. I was, you know, I, I don't have to get into it all, but I just, I was like, cool story. Not happening. <laughs> and dude, he like, his jaw dropped because I mean, he's one of these guys, he's been there like 20 years. Yeah. He thinks he kind of runs the show around there, even though he's not really boss and other dumber people will listen to him. And I was just like, dude, you can eat a whole bag of dicks. If you, it, like because if one of the guys I that I liked that I worked with that came up and asked me to do it, yeah, I would have done it. Right, I'd been like, yeah, man, I'll help you out, no problem. But just the way it was approached, and coming from this guy, I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, <laughs> I could have done it. I'm not doing it just on principles. <laughs> principle sake alone. Principle sake alone. I'm not going to support this bad behavior. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> he did not like that, dude. He did not like that in the least. But I was just like, nope. <coughs> That's funny. Not man. happening, man. Yeah, just being comfortable with being uncomfortable with people uh, is important because most people aren't. They'll do yeah. anything they can to keep things cool, you know. And that's what that guy relies on a lot of is like, you know, most people don't want to have a tense situation, so they will just do whatever to keep things to keep the peace, right? 
you hear that all the time. Like, oh, I was just doing it to try to keep the peace. I didn't really want to do it or it's not what I really thought. And it's like, you know, okay, well, that's not helpful though. But most people just don't feel comfortable with that. Well, I think it's, it all depends on how you brought up, I guess, and by nature. Because I, I see myself doing that a lot. I'm real quick to agree. Yeah. You know, my, my natural inclination when I'm talking to somebody is to agree. Oh, of course. Everybody and, is, is, and, I think. And I, I give into it a lot, just unconsciously. Yeah. I find myself talking to somebody, agreeing with them, and then, like, afterwards, I'm like, oh, fuck. And, For sure. You know, like, you know, like, oh, man, I went too far down that hole. Or, you know, I, I do that a lot. Yeah. And, and, again, that's an influence I get from you because I think you're... Your baseline is to disagree. <laughs> Not from an asshole standpoint, yeah. but you're very s- skeptical. Like you hear, you, you, when you're talking to somebody, you're processing it. You, I, th- I think my, my assumption is your brain always goes to, how is this fucking guy wrong <laughs> first? And then, then, then it's like, okay, well, no, he's right. And then, see, I think where I... Other holes in his argument, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Where I, I operate from like, oh, this guy's on to something. And then, then afterwards, I'm like, oh, no, wait, he's not on to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I guess that is like, that's probably true. I mean, I do the same thing though, man. There'll be times when I'm talking with someone and I come away from the conversation. And I'm like, dude, who was that talking? Yeah. Like, that was not me. Like, I was just, like, agreeing with things and saying things that I didn't necessarily fully agree with. Just to not rock the boat. Yeah, not rock the boat. And just, like, you know, you're in the the rhythm of the conversation and whatever. And you got to be, like... But being aware of that is the the first thing, man. Like, you meet people that... Dude, it's funny. It's, like, who they are depends on who they're talking to. And it's like, what's important to that person is suddenly important to them. And then what's important to that person is suddenly important. And it's like, you're just like, who the fuck are you? Like, what, who are you really? And like, that's, that's where, you know, again, where people have, if they don't have a really good defined sense of self and who they are and like what they stand for, then that's what the fuck you're going to do. Because you're like, if you don't see yourself as a person who wouldn't do that, then just gonna fucking do it so yeah it is funny man that that sense of self and like just seeing having a a, like it starts out as like having a hero somebody you look up to you know and like using that as like okay you know because if you have this projection of what you want to do you know you can start backfilling and it's like all right how what kind of things would does that person do right like if i want to be um, you know, for example, like the, you know, if you want to get, um, you know, fucking fitter, right. And, and the thing to do is like have a, like either have a picture in your head of like where you want to go, like have a goal or like having someone that you're trying to emulate and, and, uh, you know, work towards, because then you can look at that and say like, okay, what does that person do? You know, okay. How does that match up with what I do? All right. Like the, the you know, that person doesn't fucking eat junk food and skip workouts, Right. So if I want to be like that person, I got to not do that. But it sounds simple. But most people like if you don't have that, that, that thing that you, you think, you know, are trying to work towards and you're just doing whatever you're just kind of being like most people, our tendency, if you're not actively trying to move things in a positive direction is to trend in a negative direction. I'm just, I'm fully convinced that it's human nature it left unchecked 
tends to trend in a negative direction. Probably just due to the path of least resistance. Path of least resistance. We're lazy. Mm-hmm. We we do tend to want to just be liked and 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 agree with people. You know, they're they're yeah, like we have uh, things that they're they're there for a reason, right? Like being lazy is there because at one point, like you didn't want to expend more calories than you needed to. The guy who was lazy was going to survive the fucking next famine whereas the dude who had the nervous energy was always running around like he's gonna fucking die so like being lazy had a purpose at one point like we talked about like being able to pick up on social cues and things it has a purpose but you know if you if you don't if if you're just like not realizing like okay these things can be negative too and i have to actively work towards moving in a positive direction with my life and how I, how I live and how I think. And like I said, whether that's having a role model or having like an image of in your head of who you're going to be in five years and how you're, you know, how does that person act and and live and what do they do? And I, and so without that, you're just kind of going through each day reacting to things as they come up without that bigger filter, right? Like we were just talking about, like, why do you go to bed at night instead of stay up? Right? Like if you don't have that bigger filter that you're running that decision through, there, there's an image in your head that you have of yourself. And you're trying to live up to that image. And so that you run your decisions and things through that image. And if you don't have that image, right? If you're just taking on decisions as they come up and you don't have that, that support, that, that, you know, that foundation that you need to help you run decisions through and you're just like, oh, what feels good in the moment? You know, what, what kind of is the cool thing right now? I think that things tend to trend in a negative direction that way. And you have to purposefully put effort into getting them to not. And, but that's the thing that, you know, so many people like that was at that heart of that atomic habits book is like, you have to fundamentally change who you see yourself. Once you do that, then all these other things become self-evident, right? I mean, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about it too. It's like, you know, I don't see this decision and we, you know, people who make bad decisions don't see the same thing that you do and then decide to do bad things. The way that they see the world allows them to see that bad decision as being an option. Whereas like the way that, you know, we've talked about the way that we see the world, like there's things that just aren't an option. Like they're just off the table. We would never do that because that's just not, it's, you know, it's not even an option. I wouldn't fucking take door B no matter what. And, uh, but it all comes back to that 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 image that you have. Like, what are you trying to live up to? So again, like people laugh at religion, but like you know, what would Jesus do? That's again, that was at the heart of it. Is like, okay, I have to have an image that I'm trying to live up to, and I have this higher filter that I'm going to run things through. Because without it, I'm just going to do what feels fucking good in the moment, and that's going to trend negative. That's going to trend in a negative direction. So that's kind of the you know. People don't like you say what you want about religion, but at the end of the day, you got to replace those those heroes, I guess, or those those archetypes, those images with something, right? And I think that's one of the reasons like society is so fucking unmoored at the moment because you're being told that like, no, you, you're your own image, man. You're perfect just the way that you are. Anyone who says that you're not, they have the problem. They're the assholes. They're the assholes. You have nothing to live up to. <clears throat> no, you're, you're born perfect. You're born great. Everything's great. You're, you're self, any any lack of self-esteem on your part is because someone's been putting you down, not because you have a, a, a disconnect between what you want to be and what you currently are. 
right? No, 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 but you, you thinking that you want to be something other than what you currently are is just you giving in to societal peer pressure. That's just, so fuck those people. You don't need to, but I mean, that's, that's pretty much the message, man. Like you are your own image. You are your own God. So fucking worship at yourself, man. <laughs> that's what it seems like though. I mean, a lot of the attitudes, a lot of the, just the way people act towards other people, you know, I mean, just the fucking, the, the being on your phone in the fucking car, man, you're texting, you're putting everybody else's life in danger. Like, who the fuck are you emulating doing that? What he, like, what, what hero, what good person, like, who throughout the fucking history of time would put innocent people's lives, innocent people's lives at risk needlessly? Who would do that? No, no thoughtful person would do that. No, you wouldn't do that, right? But the thing is, is like, you don't see it that way. People don't see texting and driving or, and all this shit as putting innocent people's lives at risk. That's what it is, though. That's what it is. That's exactly what it's it exactly is. what it is. And if we, if there was a stronger sense of like, I, I owe you, man. Like I owe you to try to keep you safe, and I'm going to expect you to try to keep me safe, right? It's not all on, you know, like, hey, man, it's just me. You need to worry about me. You need to look out for me. It's all about me. And. So you, you don't, we don't have that, you're, that, that's not looked down on. That's not like, hey man, you're putting innocent people's lives at risk and that's not what we do as a society. It's, fuck you, man. I'm on my phone. You don't like it? Fuck you. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, fuck you. You know, it's like, it's, it's so fucking annoying. So annoying. But it's what it comes down to, man. People just don't have any higher thing they're trying to aspire to. Which it's one of the reasons jujitsu is great because it helps give people that like, something to shoot for. Yeah, well, you start living a jujitsu lifestyle. That's what people say. Like when they say the jujitsu lifestyle, like you have this higher filter that you start to run things through. Like you're not going to stay up late because you're going to go train tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? And you know from experience that if you don't get enough sleep, you're going to feel like shit, and you don't want to feel like shit, so you're going to get enough sleep so that you can train hard tomorrow. Like that's the filter. You're running these decisions now through a higher filter. And so becoming an athlete in some way, you know, getting into jujitsu and that's, what's great. Cause it's tough to become an athlete later in life, right? Like 30, 40, 50 years old, you know, it, but you can get into jujitsu and that's an athletic lifestyle that you can live for your whole life for the most part. So it gives you that anchor point. It gives you that filter that you can start running decisions through and not just be like, you know, in the moment, like, oh, do I want that cupcake or not? All of a sudden, you're like, I don't want that cupcake because I do jujitsu. And I want to go train and I want to feel good. Yep. You know, on that note, that's actually a really good segue is, you know, because we as humans always tend to keep moving the goalposts on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you have that picture of yourself. I'm a person who trains jujitsu, so I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to eat good, so I feel good for training tomorrow. Well, once you start doing that, it becomes a habit. It doesn't seem like a big decision. And then you're like, okay, maybe I should be training for a competition. Yeah. And then you start playing these games with yourself. So now, now you had a good goalpost and you, you're accomplishing that. You're doing good. But now you just move that goalpost out for better or worse. That can be good, but it can also be bad. Yeah. And then, you know, we had that uh, listener um, email us that question. Yeah. That lady about... Um, Competing. Yes, we didn't actually ever get to it. Well, you know, I interviewed Angela. I okay. had I had it recorded on my phone, and actually okay. today at the gym, I'm going to hit up Kelly and see what she thinks. Cool. About it. Did she read the email yet? No, I don't think so. Tell her to read it. Okay. 
Um, I'll tell her when okay. we get done recording. I'll ask her. I will not tell her to do anything. Yeah. I'll ask her to read it, and then I'll uh, I'll interview her today, and we'll put it in this episode. You know, talking about competing, whether you should or shouldn't, but it kind of falls into that, man. Like, you know, I yes, competing's good. You know, I'm not going to get too much into it because you know Kelly and Angela's thoughts will be on there, and I think it'll resonate more with this listener. This is a female listener. Um. But yeah, you don't always have to keep moving that goalpost. Like, oh, I trained for because this is what that's dangerous. That's a uh, slippery slope, is what I'm getting at. Is because so you move that goalpost to the yeah, I trained for this competition, and then now you don't have a competition coming up, and you lose your motivation. Yeah, you know, you see that a lot. Yeah, like, you don't necessarily you shouldn't need that to keep you motivated. You should yeah. just, you should just just being to show up at the gym and train with your friends and get a good workout in and feel good about yourself, dude. That's good motivation. And be a good training partner. You know, if you show up feeling like shit, you're not going to roll and train good. So you're taking away from your partner and your friend's training session. So it's not just on you. Yeah, you're going to have a subpar training session. But if you're having a subpar, you could affect your training partners. You know, they're dependent on you to be there and be the best version of yourself so they can train hard. And, yeah, I think people lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, man. I think that's there's definitely a fine line there. I think that... There's things that you can do to like measure your progress, but the problem is, is like when the measurements become the goal, yep. right? So like get doing a competition should be a way to like measure your progress overall it be becoming the goal itself. That's where people run into that problem. Cause once you've achieved that goal, then what, then what? Right. And it's like, well, there may not be another competition right around the corner. And, and so like, but if you're, if your overall goal is like, man, I'm, I'm a jujitsu like athlete. Like it's just, it's just, it's a lifestyle thing and competition is a way for me to test and measure myself, you know, going through a period where I'm going to, I'm going to up my training, you know, so I'm going to, you know, try to get a couple more training sessions in. Like, that's just a way to kind of like, you know, measure my progress or whatever. And cause yeah, that it's really important, man. People, cause goals are god they're such a double-edged sword man they are they, especially with competition like that and i really like the way sorry to interrupt no but i really like the way you worded that is like especially for us hobbyists and us older folks like that you know we're not going to be out there being world champions you no know? i mean you might get the title word champion but we're hobbyists man and if you just if you frame competitions as just a way to test yourself it's just like you would be when you're in school you study for that test you go out there and see oh did i study the right things did i put the right amount of time and effort in and then if you got a good result, yes, maybe you did. If you didn't, no big deal. Yeah. You just come back and keep studying for that test. You know, whether there's a test coming up, and you know, that's really what it is. That's it. Instead of whether you win or lose, if you showed up and competed, I mean, that's a success. Yeah. You know, it obviously feels better to win, but just the nerves and showing up, competing, and rolling with people that you're not familiar with and different games and different styles. Yeah. It's just, it's it's really good for your jiu-jitsu in the long run. It is, yeah. Aside from the result. Yeah. Well, it's funny, man, because this is something that, uh, you know, I'm going to have to start thinking more about because got my uh, jiu-jitsu club. We're going to be opening out here in Fruita here soon. So I'm going to be you know, helping train people. And so like, what kind of message do you deliver about competition to people? And so, cause yeah, like the truth is, is like 90% of people are just 90 plus percent of people, man, we're just hobbyists, man. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to compete necessarily. It's not like, uh, you know, and so, 
but you get something out of competing. And, and like you said, like, I think for me, I think everyone should compete once just simply to prove to yourself that you can stand on that mat and not run away. Yeah. And, and like you said, like you just showing up, like you, like you just said it, right? If you just show up, like you win. And I think that everyone needs to experience that at least once. So like, you know what? Like I can get into a physical confrontation and control my emotions. Everything in you is going to want to fucking run. And you're able to, to overcome that. So you just set foot on the mat and prove to yourself that you can do that. That's going to be, it's fucking huge. Like huge. The, the confidence, the self-confidence that you get from that is, you just, you can't get it. I think from, I mean, any other you know, any other sport really, it has to be a combat sport that, that gives you that. Like I said, I've, I've done a lot of other sports and there's nothing like wrestling or, you know, jujitsu or, you know, boxing. I think any of these martial sports, like where it's you and another human being and you guys are about to get into a physical confrontation, you, you know, violence is about to happen. And dude, every, our instincts as humans is to avoid that. Avoid that. Mm -hmm. And so to, yeah, man, that, like that's so important. So I do think, you know, like Shiloh, we made her compete once, you know, and she doesn't want to do it. We're not like forcing it on her, but I told her like, you got to do it once just to prove to yourself that you can do it. And she'll, she always has that, you know, she'll always have that. Like I competed, I went out and I, I showed up and I, I did it. And, uh, yeah. So I think that you, you get that, like you do learn stuff about your jujitsu, right? Like you, you, it's stress. It stresses your jujitsu to a level that you can see where the cracks are that you may not necessarily see on a regular basis, just training with your regular training partners and rolling on a regular basis. So there's a ton that you get from it, but it, it isn't necessary. Like it's, for me, I think that, you know, it's, it's one of these things, like if it starts to become more of a negative than a positive, then it's not for you. Correct. Right. It's like, you know, for me with, uh, shoulder presses, right? Like my shoulders, shoulder pressing is great. Overhead pressing is great. Right. Do my shoulders and elbows are fucked. Overhead pressing is not a good idea for me. So something can be great. Like if you're just talking about something, just irrespective of any context, that's awesome. But now you got to put it in a context. And when you put it in a context, sometimes the context makes that not necessarily a great choice, even though overall it's got a lot of benefits. So I think that's the way it is with competition like dude some people it's just not like if you're gonna quit jujitsu because you're so stressed out about feeling like you need to compete like that's you're taking away from woo, yeah as a hobbyist you're sucking you start to suck the value out of what you should be getting out of jujitsu yeah yeah you, you really are i did it does suck man i said this before like i i don't know see how this last crew does but like and we, we've said this before like when you send a group off to a competition, especially, you know, new white belts, you just know some of them aren't ever coming back. Mm -hmm. And like that bugs me, you know, like that's always bothered me. And I, I've always been kind of curious, like what, you know, what is it? You know, I, I think if, uh, if it could be put into the right context for them prior and afterwards, you would see less people not coming back. Yeah. You know, if they if they could hear this conversation, be like, who cares if you, of course, winning's great. It means you're doing some right things, but you know what? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. No one thinks any less of you. No, you're not losing any What's friends or training point? partners. You I know, guess that's, that's the thing too. Like, people hate to hear this and I'll, 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 I'll own it. I'll fucking, like, 
I don't think that for everybody going out and having the goal of winning is good. No. Like, you can't control that, man. You can't control that. So and, and you put too much pressure on yourself, yeah. and that elevates the nerves of it. Yeah. All of that. Yep. Like, it's it's not good for you mentally. I mean, some people it is. Again, it's kind of an exactly. individual. individual. Some, people some people are competitors, Some man. people are some competitive motherfuckers, yes. dude. And you tell them, I want you to win. And you see that light bulb go off. It's like telling Aki he's going to go trail running. Yeah. It's the same thing. He flips that switch, and he's... That's it. Yep. Other people, man, that just makes it way too nervous. Other people be like, oh, man, just do good jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Just try to make each time there's a little decision presented to you, try to make the right decision. Yeah. And if, if you made the wrong one there, no big deal. Make the next right one. Yep. Make the next right one. That's it. Yeah. It's such an individual thing. It is, man. Yeah. You, you definitely, and that's where the psychology of it becomes so important. Like, you need to know your students. Yep. You need to know yourself. You need to know the people you're helping. And because, like, there's no one-size-fits-all for this thing. And I, the thing that makes it tough is like a lot of successful competitors, like they're wired differently, man. They're different people than your va- the vast, like just the fact that they're successful competitors makes them outliers. Anyone who's successful at anything is automatically an outlier because most people aren't successful right. at these things. So they're an outlier. They're wired differently. They look at the world differently. And so it's a, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a different thing. And so knowing what you need to get out of it uh, versus like trying to let someone else dictate because it's, you know, I, I see the same thing in mountain biking. You know, you, you look around and it's like, oh, everybody's competing and it seems like people who compete get more attention and are kind of held up higher, a higher esteem in the community. And so, you know, you, you want to do that. But, and you see it all the time where it, the, when, you're, when your focus shifts from just having fun to competing, that, it, it it's not for everyone, man. You see people get frustrated and quit. And I, I'm just like, yeah. I So yeah, you got to be careful. It's a double-edged sword for sure. It's uh, But I would say that you got to compete at least once. I mean, I... I, I think that's good. Kind of a good rule. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a white belt. And on that note, I would even suggest... I, 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 this is a you know kind of a half baked thought, but I'll throw it out there, and then we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, yeah. But because this lady was an older lady, she's I think she was in her fifties or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, yeah, a lot of local competitions you're going to show up, and she's going to compete, be competing against eighteen year old, twenty year old, you know, mid twenty year old girls, like girls half her age. Yeah, and she's a blue belt, a bad, you know. I mean, you could do that. I mean, I don't know what I don't know where she's from, what region she's in, but dude, a really good option would be go do Masters Worlds. You know, at the end of August, because that way you are in an age group with women your age. Yeah. And that it would be a really good experience. And yeah, you're gonna have more money invested. You got the travel, you got the the tournament entrance fee, the IBJJF nonsense. But it is a cool experience, and she would get to train or compete with people her age. Yeah. So it would it would it could make it more of an because that was one of her concerns. It's like I know if I show up and compete, I'm gonna be having to wrestle girls half my age. And that's a legitimate concern. This is a legitimate concern. Sure. And, yeah. you know, and I don't know this lady at all. I don't know if she's like an above average 50-year-old or you know what I mean? Like I have no idea, no context. Yeah. But Man, I would... That, that's I the agree. only reason I would I say that. I would it, say, yeah. And age, because yeah. most local tournaments aren't big enough to have an age bracket, you know, for her. Yeah. And so that's why I would go that route. Yeah. No, I think that's that's good. I, but again, you know, flip side is, is just all that investment could put... Pressure. A bad tasting. Yeah, mouth. yeah, yeah. So, but you, if you frame it right going in, frame it right going in, um, I think is good. But it almost kind of speaks a little bit to like, man, you don't have to compete a white belt. 
You know, like I don't know how to. She's know, a blue belt. She's a blue belt, she's right? Blue, I'm but pretty sure. Yeah. So, but even if she waited till she got the purple belt, if she think, dude, the fucking landscape is vastly different at purple belt than yep. it is at blue belt. It's safer. It, it is, man. Like you're, it is such a drop off, man. There's there's so few people that make it to that purple belt level compared to blue belt that by the time you get there, one, you as a jujitsu athlete, you just understand like the whole like just natural athletic gifts thing starts to not be as uh <clears throat> um mean as much right like you're, you you just you have the skills and you've seen stuff and so uh and yeah it's it's so anyways that's that would be uh something else to consider is like yeah you need to compete but like i would say too like you're gonna i feel like at some point in your jujitsu career you're going to feel comfortable enough with your jujitsu to feel comfortable with competing Right, and I think that's the big thing that a lot of people struggle with, you know, especially early on at white belt and blue belt, is they're just simply not confident and comfortable with their jujitsu, and so then they're going into this situation, and that's what makes it so goddamn fucking stressful, is they just don't really have the confidence in their jujitsu, and they just don't like. There's a, there is a mindset shift that happens where, like, it's not as stressful. It's it's hard to explain, but like rolling is just not as stressful for me now as it was at white belt and blue belt and so like competing and stuff is not like i don't do it a lot but it's like dude i'll you know whatever i'll go compete i don't get the nerves it's completely different experience than it was and i would say like the biggest thing is is like man i'm just more confident in my jujitsu and the time on the mat the time on the mat now i'm more confident i feel more confident going and like competing because i just feel more confident in my jujitsu so i think that what it is is like it's the pressure to compete like really early on and it's like well maybe that's not it like maybe you need to fucking bake a little bit as a jujitsu athlete and like you'll know when the time is right for you to to you know dip your toe and go try that competition thing out and so uh, you know that just may be something else to consider is like i i feel like you'll know and if you you know if you're forcing it it's probably not quite the time yeah and if it's just you're not really comfortable like like I said if it's starting to become a stress point for you and jujitsu and stuff like that like man just fucking scrap it scrap it and man just have fun if you yeah if you never compete you're gonna be fine you're gonna get so much out of it and it's gonna be an awesome experience if you're able to compete great you're gonna get some extra out of it but yeah, yeah, yeah. Competition. And we, we've talked about too, man. Like competition and jiu-jitsu aren't necessarily the same thing because competitions have rules. So you got to learn how to, you know, play the rules game, and game, game the, system. the system. And you got people who do nothing but do that. And so now you're going in and you're like, God damn it, I lost on an advantage because this guy knew to come up in 50-50 and then just sit there. And it's like, you, you know, so there's, there's frustrations that go along with that. So it's just, uh, like I said, man, I would say keeping competition is like a testing thing instead of like a goal would be a better way but yeah cool. yeah man that's good it's called a wrap it's called a wrap cool see ya see ya alright so this is like a grumpy guy first this is like a out in the field reporting <laughs> I'm like uh, what's the what's the reporter chick from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles April I have April no Jones? idea that sounds right that's what I feel <laughs> <laughs> I could have said anything right there uh-huh. been like, that sounds right that's what I feel like right now but anyways we had a before I'm not going to read the question. We had a question or like a comment from a listener. And I felt we should have a women's perspective in replying. Because, of course, James and I will give our opinions because that's all we do. <laughs> that's our whole, pod- count on that. our whole podcast is our opinion 
<laughs> barely based in fact. So, um, I'll have, I'll, prior to everybody listening to this, I'll have like read the email and I'll kind of splice it all together and shit. So, we're sitting here with Angela, who is a purple belt. Yes. Not quite the same age as this lady is. The listener mm-hmm. was 56 because she said she yeah, was 53 56. when she started. She's been yep. training. She was talking about competition. You're what, 43? 42. 42. That's close, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a little aggressive. 42 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 42. <laughs> but still, you know, uh, a hobbyist, which I get the impression this lady is. So I figured, yeah. what, what's, what's your take? And this, this person's concerned about not competing and whatnot. First, let me say I don't like competing. I, I do it anyway because I think it's good for you and good for your jujitsu, but I really hate it. <laughs> but I do it anyway, and it makes you better. And I feel like all the pressure on you is pressure you put on yourself. I don't, I don't ever feel like there's pressure from my team to do well or pressure from my coach or pressure from anybody else to do well but me. And uh, so... I would say just embrace it and do it and and even if you don't love it keep doing it and you might find yourself liking it or you might just find that you do it do it in spite of not liking it <laughs> but I don't know I, I do have I, I don't do a lot like I do one here and there and I don't know I feel like it helps my jujitsu good enough yeah, yeah I like that answer yeah and a, a friend gave me some good advice or a good good little piece of knowledge that she said 50% of people lose their first match. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like right in the middle there. So, Dude, I went. I won. I think if I got to remember, man, it's years ago. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 15 years. I think I went like six, seven, eight tournaments without winning a single gi match. Oh, I win wow. no gi matches. Yeah. Right. For some reason I just couldn't put together a win in the gi match. And then finally, you know, after eight turn whatever it was, <laughs> it took for, I took so many ass whoopings. Oh, and then funny. finally I won some. So yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah it does. I I don't know. The first tournament I did I was so nervous. I I felt like I wanted to throw up or something. It was awful and I actually won my first match, my first tournament, but didn't have any expectations really going into it. So I don't know, just just enjoy it, have fun, and and embrace how much it sucks sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it does. It does suck. <laughs> yep. Cool. And right. we'll just call that a wrap right All there. Right. Then. Thank you, Angel. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. I'm a hermit now, Doggy school, foggy cool, got a froggy outside Molly, dude. Now they're calling Daisy Duke, hanging by the lace of their shoes. No trace of the tools, shaped in your face, fuck the rules. Snooze, you lose. One eye always open, it times two. No clue, but soon a brief monsoon might give you a view to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't conclude. To the end is near, beware, there's consequences, but what you do to me, you demon. The devil of many levels, I keep on beating for several
myself, he died